the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. I have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. And to start it off, I'll be interviewing uh, Chad Keats. And he's a pathologist. Now that is a big word. So keep listening to the Hi Kids show to find out what that is and how fun that can be. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon, Dad. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good, and you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Let's start with the question. First of all, what is a herpetologist? Well, a herpetologist is um, someone that studies reptiles and amphibians. So yeah, that's my study animal. And reptiles and amphibians, basically your frogs, your toads, your lizards, snakes, your tortoises, your crocodiles, and if they were still dinosaurs, probably then. Do you think, like, in that time, uh, if you if you were somebody who, um, a herpetologist in, like, the prehistoric times, do you think you would have actually studied dinosaurs? Yeah, I probably would have studied the inside of dinosaurs because they would have eaten them, but I would have really liked yeah. to have seen them, yeah. That would be cool. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite animal? Oh, my favorite animal, it's, uh, it's got to be the snake, otherwise I'm in the wrong profession. Um, I really do like my snakes, uh, my lizards. And crocodiles, but by far I'd probably say my, the snake's my favorite. Animal. And what's your favorite type of snake? Favorite type of snake? Well, that's that's quite a hard one. I'm gonna have to say it's a South African snake. Um, and the one I probably like the most, mm, that's a hard one. Uh, probably a plain mountain adder. Uh, it's an adder that lives in the, the arid parts of the country. It looks very bland, but it's very cool because no one ever gets to see it. So that makes it ready. Oh, so how did they st- how did people study if nobody see it? Well, that's the thing. Right now, no one's really studying that snake because not enough people can find them to study. So in this country, there is still those animals that we know nothing about. So hopefully in the future, oh. um, we'll get the opportunity to study them. What other kinds of animals have you studied? Well, in my time, well, I'm, a, I'm studying at Rhodes University. And before I did herpetology, I, I dabbled a little bit. I mean, a little bit in biocontrol. So biocontrol is using... Um, uh, basically uh, insects to um, control invasive waterweeds. And I, stu- I studied an insect for a small period of time, but uh, a lot of my friends still do that. So these days uh, I do um, herpetology, yeah. My grandfather actually did something similar. He studied blowflies. Oh, very, very cool. Entomology, that's a very cool field. Yeah, he's an entomologist. Uh, did you love snakes when you were young? When I was very, very young, I'm not going to lie, I was actually very, very scared of snakes. And uh, it's a normal thing for most people to be scared of snakes, yeah. Um, yeah. And one day, they actually brought a massive python to my school, well, my pre-primary, and they put it on my lap. And then in that moment, I, I just fell in love with it. But before that, I was very, very scared of them. I have, a, I have a few friends who are scared of snakes in my grade as well. Really? Are you scared of snakes? No, I actually like them. That's good. No, you can definitely carry on speaking if you like snakes. I know that you do talks on snakes and host walks um, around South, the South African wilderness. Why do you do this? Well, the reason I do this is because um, I very much I love and I love snakes and reptiles, and unfortunately, lots of people are very scared of them. And because they're scared of them, uh-huh. they they kill them. So my goal is to try and teach as many people as I can about snakes and show them that they're not as bad as they come across in the media. Because sometimes when you look at the newspaper or watch TV shows, they make them look quite bad. So my job is to try and show people that snakes are just misunderstood. I've actually seen a snake eat a frog once and I wasn't disgusted at all. Oh, it's fantastic. They love love frogs. Frogs are one of their favorite things. It was actually very interesting to watch. Yeah, they are very interesting. They've got a very interesting way of eating their food. They don't, they don't chew their food, yeah. they just swallow. So 
their moms do shout at them a lot for not chewing all their food. <laughs> they get away with it. Uh, what other hobbies do you have? Well, when I'm not doing herpetology with, um, and looking for snakes and things, I like to play cricket. I'm a big cricket player. I play in a club down in the Eastern Cape. I also like football. I like photography. Um, most of the things everyone else likes. I'm, I'm pretty much a, a South African at heart. I love sports yeah. and uh, I love love life. Yeah. My brother also likes cricket. Really? Yeah, it's this. Yeah. one of the best sports in this country. I love it. Yeah. It's a great. Sport. I also like. I don't play a lot though. I just play it with people. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> you must be them. It makes it so much better when you do. What do you most like to? Um, well, I love to photograph reptiles and amphibians. That's my favorite thing. I do take time to photograph mammals and sometimes insects, but I'm not going to lie. My specialty is definitely to photograph uh, snakes, lizards, tortoises, and in some cases, crocodiles. Um, and yeah, and the snakes, uh, the snakes are very, very cool because uh, no one really takes photos of them. So it makes it uh, makes it really cool to get some nice photographs of them because out there, the, the best photos. Uh, haven't really been um, uh, taken me? in another time. Yeah. Who else have you been interviewed by? I have been interviewed by uh, several newspapers, some magazines. I did a radio show for Rhodes Music Radio down here in Eastern Cape. Um, but yeah, this is this is one of the coolest ones ever done, um, especially since it's over COVID nineteen. So it's very interesting. Have you ever been interviewed by a kid before? No, I actually haven't. Yeah. I, I've had lots of questions asked in person about what snake eats and what's the biggest snake and have I ever been eaten by a snake, but never on radio. <laughs> so this is really cool. What message do you want to give to the kids listening now? I want uh, I want kids to know that, sna- that reptiles and amphibians are not the scariest things on earth. There's something that you should respect, um, something that you should uh, you should love, but there's something that you must respect. And if you see a venomous snake, if you give it its space, it's always going to leave you alone. But at the end of the day, they are beautiful animals. And if you take the time to learn about them, they can become one of the best things you ever see in the wild. Like most animals, all animals are misunderstood until until you understand them just a little bit better. Yeah. Do you work with rescue reptiles? Do you rescue reptiles? <laughs> yeah. So every now and then, um, someone will find a snake or a lizard lost in their garden. So that they find their way into their property and they'll phone me and I'll come over and I'll capture the animal. Uh, I'll re- and I'll relocate it somewhere else. So I'll take it to a place where there's no humans and release it. Because if you don't know what you're doing with venomous snakes, it can be very dangerous. But once you have uh, my experience and my um, the resources, you can actually catch them quite safely and release them. And then no one has to get hurt, not the snake or the person. Well, um, I try my best to release the snake uh, as far as a, far away as possible from people, but without um, compromising the habitat of the animal. So if I take it away oh. too far, then the animal's out of its habitat. So I try to release most of them near water because water is like, especially in the arid parts of the country where there isn't much. So I like ah. to release them in rivers and flays and just far away from people so they don't come into contact again. Um, I heard you are doing a PhD in sna- on snake genetics. How um, does snake genetics differ from human de- genetics? Well, with snake genetics, um, obviously I'm studying snakes, and if you're doing human genetics, you're going to look at people. But the basic concept is very, very similar. You're looking at what makes up the molecular makeup of a human being, so their DNA. And you can look at that, and you can see, um, especially with snakes, uh, what makes one snake different from another. And uh, in, in essence, human and snake genetics use the same techniques, just a different thing you're working on. Do snakes learn from their parents or do they genetically inherit the knowledge? Well, that was, that, yeah, they do actually genetically inherit the knowledge. There isn't much um, help from the parents. Like the parents, that, um, oh. especially with snakes, 
they don't care all that much. They kind of <laughs> lay their eggs or, or birth them and leave them. So most, most of it is instinct. So they know what they're supposed to do and they kind of just move along with it. Um, what is the sub family you are, um, you are studying? And how, uh, yeah. So the sub, the sub family I'm studying is Samophone. It's quite a mouthful. And it yeah, is I a sub family. Yeah, yeah. It, it isn't. You know, don't worry, it's okay. It is a mouthful. Right? It's very hard. To, it doesn't doesn't make much sense even to me sometimes. So, um, Samophone is actually the study. Um, it's a group of snakes, like grass snakes and bark snakes. It's the snakes you see in the grass when you go hiking that are really, really fast. Uh, they move across your uh, path very fast, and everyone all thinks it's one snake, but there's actually lots and lots of them. So that's why I'm doing genetics on them because a lot of them look very similar. So in order to tell which one's which, you have to look at what is underneath the skin, so at the genetic makeup. Uh, so are they small snakes? Yeah, some of them are small and some of them are big. Uh, most of them are about 60 centimeters long. Then you do get some really big ones that get like 1.4 meters. But wow. uh, the majority of these snakes are not dangerous. So they've got a little bit of venom, which they use to kill their prey, which is mainly mice and rats and things like that, but they're not dangerous oh. to humans at all. If you could be one reptile, what would you be and why? Well, in terms of in terms of what I like eating already, I think I'd be a crocodile because I I, I quite like to eat venison, so I like eating um eating buck and things like that. So being a <laughs> crocodile is quite nice. I'm not very fond of eating mice and rats. I don't know about you. I don't like. I'm not French. So I don't <laughs> like frogs. So um I think I'll stick with being a crocodile because then nothing else can really eat you. Um. Only some things can when you're a baby, but once you're big, you're really safe. You have to, like, hide up in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodiles and trees, that'll be awesome. So what do you think is the most interesting fact um, that you have come across while you've been studying reptiles? Well, one of the most interesting things you do come across is that, obviously, everyone thinks snakes are out to get you. They like to bite people. They are super aggressive. But the more snakes you see in the wild, the more you see they're very, very scared of you. So... Often I try to catch them and they're always trying to get away from me. Um, I have never actually caught a black mamba in my life, but I've tried to catch two or three um, and they're always just out of reach. And as soon as I get closer and they slither away. So everyone likes to make it out as that they're super aggressive and they're trying to bite you. But if that was the case, I don't think I would have been alive much longer than I am right now. Um, how do you catch snakes? Well, it depends on the snake you're trying to catch. Um, if it's a venomous snake, you get a big uh, pair of snake tongs. They're basically like, like uh, bright tongs but you use it for snakes. So it's a bit longer. It allows you to keep the snake at a distance while still being safe. If it's not a dangerous snake, you can pick it up with your hand, Um, but it all takes knowledge. So if you can tell the difference yourself, but it's when people can't tell the difference, that's when it becomes dangerous. Um, Aren't there a few snakes that uh, look like poisonous snakes, but aren't poisonous snakes? A hundred percent. There are quite a few of them, and that's the big problem. So Every now and then someone makes the mistake of thinking something was harmless when it was dangerous and they get bitten oh. and then they have, to, obviously it's very painful um, and they have to go to the hospital to sometimes even get antivenom. But uh, yeah, there are snakes that look like dangerous snakes. And the reason for this often is that if you look like something dangerous, things are less likely to mess with you. So it's kind of like looking dangerous that everyone leaves you alone. Um, I have a joke for you. What kind of snake likes to hang out on a car? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what is a it? Winds, a windscreen viper. Oh, my. <laughs> that is actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to keep that joke. I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to use it tonight. You'll see. Do you bring reptiles home with you when you study them? Very rarely. So often the snakes I work with, um, I collect a sample in the field and I bring the sample back. 
But um, I do have lots of snakes at home, and that's because, like I said earlier, when I when I relocate a snake, I bring it home and release it the next day or so. So I do have sometimes have snakes at home, but I don't really study them at home. I kind of just um, they stay here for a little bit before I release them. Do you have any pet reptiles? Yeah, so I do actually. Um, in addition to catching all the wild snakes and releasing them, I have a lot of snake shows. So um, in order to make sure the kids are snake, say so we're safe, I have two or three. Um, completely harmless snakes that I let the kids handle. Um, ah. Their names are Shiva, Diva, and Gertrude. And these, <laughs> these three snakes, they're all girls. I, I, they're the best. Um, and they, they live at home with me. And when I do snake talks, they come out and the kids can hold them and they're super safe. Um, and ah. that's where I can make sure people can hold snakes that I know uh, won't do any harm to them. So those ones I do have. But most of the snakes I have in the house at any time are actually going to go back to the wild. How big can reptiles get? Well, yeah, so um, some reptiles can get really, really big. Like, I mean, like, there's um, some in um, Southeast Asia, the longest snake on Earth is the reticulated python, and they have been wow. clocked in at uh, 10 meters long. So they can get wow. 10 meters long. Then you get the green anaconda out in South America, and there are records of up to 8 meters, even a little bit more wow. than that. But in South Africa, we get the Southern African python. Um, they can get anywhere between, like, uh, three to five meters long. So they're really, really big. Wow. And um, they don't live uh, down on the southern coast. But if you go to Kruger National Park and stuff, you can see them. And every now and then oh. they eat like small crocodiles and they eat impala. Oh, wow. Big, big reptiles. And then, of course, you've got the crocodiles. So the South African yeah. Nile crocodile gets really, really big, uh, like four or five meters, and they can basically eat anything they want. Uh, wow. But the biggest crocodile on Earth, uh, it actually comes from Australia. It's called the saltwater croc. And they have been measured at like six meters. So we've got the wow. second biggest crocodile in the world. Uh, I was meant to ask you this earlier. When you said that you take samples from the snakes, what kind of samples yeah. do you take? So in, for genetics, you have to get, um, obviously body tissue samples. So, um, the most, the, the best way to get tissue samples is often to take just a little bit of the tail. So at the end of the tail, it's like, uh, it's like a bit like toenails or fingernails for people. The snake uh -oh. doesn't get it too much. We take that. And I can use that to get the genetics. Um, and then the snake goes free. So it doesn't harm the snake too much. And that way I can let the snake live and I get my sample of the snake. Does this hurt the snake? Um, no, it actually doesn't. Um, especially if the, the snake's long like my snakes are. So if they're really long yeah. and slender, then that bit of the tail doesn't really affect them. Okay. It gets hard when the snake is really stubby and fat because then his tail is quite thick. Uh -huh. But uh, luckily for my stuff, it doesn't. the snake doesn't even notice sometimes. You only take like a millimeter or two. Does the tail ever grow back? Uh, not for snakes, but for um, for things like lizard and that they do. Thank you to my guest, Chad Keats, for coming on Hi Kids. And thank you to my producer, Senna, and Craig, for pushing the bed red buttons. Catch us, uh, catch us on another Hi Kids show on Monday. Goodbye, kids.